0: Hello, and welcome to episode 58 of GameSpot After Dark. I'm your host, Jake Decker, and this is GameSpot's official video game podcast. Joining me this week is Lucy James. Hello. Callie Plaguey. Hi. And Jean-Luc Seipke. Hello. This week, there's a lot of news. (laughs) We're going to (laughs) talk about all the Xboxes that were announced or, you know, finally shown off and given a date and price and all that good stuff. Plus, we got some Call of Duty stuff. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about what we've been playing or doing. Callie, do you want to kick it off?
1: Sure. Um, I've been playing a game called World's End Club, which is currently on Apple Arcade. Um, it's by the creator of Rampa, So um, I was really excited to start it. And I was pretty surprised at how... Um, I mean, I guess it's not surprising, but I, I don't know. I was surprised that it was still very rampa like And knowing the Rampa series... Um, I don't think that's a bad thing, because even when you think it's predictable, it's really not predictable. Uh, So basically, like Danganronpa, the premise is like children locked in a place and they have to kill each other to get out. But this one is um, it's interesting because like everyone has like a wristband that has someone else's task on it. And they each have these tasks they have to complete to like escape the place they're locked in but you don't have your own you have somebody else's so the game is like do you trick someone into giving you the information but if they fail to do their task they die so it's it's interesting I'm still pretty early the music is very Danganronpa the characters are very Danganronpa like very like anime archetypes kind of characters and literally their names are like Kansai and he's the one who speaks with a Kansai dialect and Aniki, and he's, like, the big brother. But I'm enjoying it. It's also coming to Switch later, so it's just on Apple Arcade for now. Um, I don't know. I just really need it. I love Rampage so much, and Rampage V3 ends, like, kind of like, that's the end of the series. I mean, I guess there's, it's possible it wouldn't be, but that's that's kind of how it wraps up, and so it's nice to get, like, a different killing game.
2: Um, I, I'm i just very happy. <laughs>
1: And you have took you a break played, from Animal Crossing?
2: Yeah, I was going to say, no, have you been playing Paradise Killer?
1: I really want to play Paradise Killer. I, that's the
2: killing game, although you're solving a crime, Yeah. that I want to jump into next. Oh, yeah,
1: when I say killing game, I mean it in the Danganronpa sense, which yeah. is that a small animal makes you yeah. kill your friends. But uh, Not the, not the merino <laughs> way that I meant it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Paradise Killer is definitely on my list. I have my PC now. I didn't have it for a while. Um, but I don't really have a good place to set it up where I am. Uh, I don't really have, like, a proper desk, so I need to figure out where I can set up my PC and how I can make that work. I also spilled coffee all over my keyboard this morning, so we'll see how that goes, but that's, that's really high up on my list um, for sure.
3: Nice. John luc what about you? I have been playing Tell Me Why, the, the new Dontnod game that uh, by the time this podcast is up, the final third episode will be out. I've only played the first episode, so I can't really speak to the whole whole game, but uh, I really, really like it so far. I, I think it's got a great hook. For those who aren't aware, the premise of the game is uh, you play as a pair of siblings, uh, twins. Um, uh, one is uh, trans, and the other is... Um, uh, female, and they are uh, reuniting after ten years of being away, and they're they're going back to their old their old town to kind of deal with their their past and the. I don't know. I'm I'm trying to th- avoid. I don't know if I should like really get into it, but I, I guess the game kind of says at the beginning. Basically, their their mom gets killed by one of them at the, the beginning of the game. And it's kind of like the ramifications of that. It's, it, it gets pretty heavy. There's, there's a mm-hmm. lot to it. Um, but I, I absolutely love the characters and I think kind of like the directions, the, the you know, plots going are really interesting. And I'm like super curious, like kind of to, to see where all that goes, like the, the relationships with the kids and each other is really interesting. The relationship with the, the mom is really interesting. Um,
1: and like the, the trans characters, like him being trans isn't actually like really part of the plot at all. It's just like, that's who he is. It's not
3: uh, like, yes and no, yes and no. Like Like the, the, so I I would say they do a real, I think personally, I think they've, they so far do a really good job with the character. Um, uh, Tyler is their name. Uh, his name, his name. Yes, sorry. Uh, he is, uh, like, a really well-conceived character. Um, I think they they do a good job, like, making that a part of his identity because it's part of the plot without it feeling like that's well, just their whole identity, I guess. That, yeah, that's kind of I'm, the trap I mean, that I think a lot of media falls into.
1: Yeah, I'm going off of our review of it, which is a review of the entire Okay. Um, yeah. Three, all three episodes. Um, I didn't play, I haven't played the game. I just edited the review, but, uh, uh Justin Clark was a reviewer and he just talked about how like, it's not a game where like you have to watch people be transphobic to this character kind of thing.
3: No, is, is no. more what I meant. Like totally. I, it, there mm-hmm. are, there are elements of that that does pop up. And, and I would say that is something to be wary of your level of mm-hmm. like sensitivity towards that. Um, I mean the, the, Stuff that happens in the past with the mom directly relates to that. There's definitely stuff like that. So it's like, I would be wary of that, but I do think overall, you know, compared to other media, I I think they handle it so well. Obviously, that's not my decision to make in terms of, like, how well they do it uh, as a straight person, straight white person, but um, non-trans person. Uh, Well...
1: they do have a big FAQ on their website, right? Like the developers have like this huge thing that answers questions to help to, to help you figure out if it's within your comfort level, which I think is really cool. Yes.
3: I think that's awesome.
1: And they do really smart things. Like for example, despite the fact that
3: there are scenes that take place in the past, um, when Tyler was kind of still figuring themselves out, they never dead name him and they have a really clever way around it. Uh, which I thought was really cool. And, I and was that like, was wow, something like that's awesome. Like they, you can tell that they they really uh, did their research. They consulted mm-hmm. a lot of people on it.
1: That was a, something that I saw a lot of criticism of uh, the trans character in The Last of Us Part Two, mm-hmm, uh, because yeah. you do hear um, that character's dead name. So, and, and I think people have differing opinions on it. But but that's a cool thing I think about. Don't not has that fact. I, I don't I know, I always say fact but I know it's FAQ. But anyway, they have the, all those questions about the character and one of them is uh does the character get dead named and they answer that no no he doesn't. And I think um that's the kind of thing I was referring to like that you can really assess your your uh, comfort level. But also John Luke, I wanted to ask you cuz I know you're a really mm-hmm. big fan of Life is Strange. Like how does it compare um like coming off of those games? Like does it meet your expectations?
3: so far it does like i said i'm only in the first episode and i think it, there's still a lot to it 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 without getting into it, it there is also a supernatural element which i actually wasn't expecting them to do i kind of figured they they would it would be a little more grounded but there is a a supernatural element although i think it's a more subtle supernatural element that can lead to some interesting gameplay um i think they're doing some interesting stuff with it where like you play as both siblings so you'll go back and forth between the siblings and you'll have these situations where you can kind of dictate how the siblings feel about um, certain events and certain characters and and the relationship with each other. There's this interesting mechanic where basically, like, the siblings are remembering what happened, and they both kind of remember it differently. And then Mm -hmm. you as the player kind of choose which one you want to be, like... The, the the path you're gonna go forward with. Like which this is the one that we're going to decide happened and, and that be the way we ask this person questions about it. Which I think is super cool. And I'm it, it only happened once in the first episode, so like I'm I'm curious to see how that builds over the rest of the game. Uh, I'm also interested it, it's been touched on but not enough I'm hoping there's more in it later. Um, it takes place in Alaska, and there's also a Native American element to it. So I believe the main characters are also Native American. Um, I know there's a couple that are. They they kind of talk a little bit about sort of like the culture and, and, and aspects of that. But it's they've kind of kept it to a minimum in the first episode. So I'm curious how that comes into play later.
1: Yeah, they're indigenous Alaskan, right?
3: hmm Yes. Okay. Yeah um but i really i really like it so far i love the characters
0: as as someone who's not really interested in the don't not games like life is strange didn't really grab me i do like that this is like an episodic game that's released on that seems like it's being released on a weekly basis or maybe it's a bi-weekly basis or something like that Mm -hmm. because that just seems like the way to go i mean i know there's a business and development reason why you'd space them out for longer periods of time but I do kind of like that it seems more like a TV show where you can check in every week rather than waiting
3: three, four months for the next episode. I a hundred percent agree. Cause I think in the case of like telltale, they would literally like, they'd have like a skeleton, but like they would be like finishing those episodes as mm-hmm. they were coming out. And this is much more like, okay, the oh, whole thing
2: strange season one was the exact same. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think some, some of that game, like it slipped as well and so some episodes didn't even come out on time i think originally Mm -hmm. it was meant to be like every month every two months um but yeah they work on those right down to the wire yeah
3: and because of that like sometimes stuff changes in them which doesn't necessarily need to be a bad thing that sometimes that could be a, a good or interesting thing but yeah you can tell like okay this is clearly like a finished thing that they just intentionally split into three parts to kind of like break up the pacing. Cause it's like, you can play it all in one go, but then like, once you're done, you're like, Oh, that was a lot. I need to like process that. And then you can go back the next week and pick up the next part. So I'm very excited to uh, play the other two parts. Cause I, I'm uh, really enjoying it and I'm, I'm, I hope it picks up cause I honestly haven't seen many people talk about it. I don't know if it's just kind of like the, the timing in which it's coming out. It's on game pass. So it's like, if you have that uh, both PC and Xbox, I highly recommend it. How long was episode one? Uh, I want to say maybe like three hours. We like poke around everywhere, you know, and like yeah. listen to every piece of dialogue. So probably somewhere between two and three hours depending on how you play it. Yeah, it definitely
0: seems like Don't Nod too has kind of figured out that formula. Like, I, I I mean, there's a lot of reasons why Telltale kind of went under, but I, I feel like Don't Nod has like really figured out that cadence and how to release those kind of games. It, it kind of seemed like, Tell was kind of like flying by the seat of their pants, which, you know, this is just speculation. But I, I I've seen the documentaries, I've read a lot of reports about it, and it just kinda of seemed like they were like, all right, let's try to we've got Hope that episode best. done. <laughs> yeah, and let's just let's just keep running. And, yeah. and and I feel like it's also much better on the workers, you know, to be like, mm-hmm. all right, we're done. We can take a break. We don't need yeah. to jump right into the next episode. But anyway, Lucy, how was Batu?
1: Oh, um. <laughs> Oh dear.
3: So, so wait, is it, I, is it, is it the, is Batu an actual planet in Star Wars or is it the, like the thing you go to in, in the Disneyland theme park in Disneyland? Like I don't, what is
1: yeah, this? I don't know how canonical it is actually.
2: So I like Star Wars a reasonable amount. Mm-hmm. That sounds like weird, but like I watched the movies as a kid. I've seen them a bunch. Uh, obviously seen the new trilogy, uh but they 're not like the be all and end all for me um I you know I was watching the Princess Bride more than I was watching Star Wars when I was growing up i was, I never watched them over and over again, so I have a decent knowledge of Star Wars, and actually i 'm sure I've talked about it in the podcast before, but like one of the coolest things i 've ever done is go to an interactive Star Wars experience uh called Secret Cinema in the u k where you 're basically given a role. And you go around, like, they recreate the set, like, they recreated the int- the interior of the Death Star, they recreated Tatooine, um, yeah. and you basically play out the whole of A New Hope, but you do quests and stuff, and, like, it's, it's super, super cool, and they purposely don't let you take pictures of it because they want to keep the secret, but you have, like, quest lines as you go through it, so it's basically, like, working your way through Star Wars A New Hope. Are That's you my experience. To talk was, about it
0: on this podcast, I am allowed
2: to talk about it now because it was like four years ago. But <laughs> it was super super cool. Like, um, I did the Blade Runner one as well. I got um, arrested during the Blade Runner one because I they thought I was a replicant. And then you meet random characters from the movies and they give you uh, quests. So like, uh, for the Star Wars one, I had to go to Uncle Owen and trade droid parts with him. And then I had to go and find uh, like Han Solo and Chewie, but they were in prison, they were doing something, and then I finally made my way to the Death Star, and I saw Leia. It's really, really cool. Um, so that's my Star Wars experience. So Journey to Batu is more like what I assume Galaxy's Edge is like. It's taken a lot of inspiration from Galaxy's Edge. Um, again, a little insight into me is that I could have gone to Galaxy's Edge, like, the second week it opened because my friends got like tickets on the lottery and we always go to Disneyland but I didn't go because it was at 8am and I just didn't care that much so that's <laughs> I where i with Star Wars <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to have to get up at 6am to go to the drive to Anaheim uh and, and do it <sighs> so journey to batu is a very weird one for a sims expansion pack because they've done these um like tie-ins with other stuff before like everyone remembers the Katy perry fucking Katy Perry. yes yeah so sweet good. treats like there's ikea there's um h&m there's uh knitting, there's been... right. <laughs> knitting is a weird pack but it's very it's like wholesome but like the star wars stuff it just doesn't It sticks out so much and Batuu as an area is very, very empty. Mm. Like, uh, so I was playing yesterday and I made a house and like the new, having some of the Star Wars stuff is really cool and you can bring like little stuffed porgs back as souvenirs from, because it's basically like a vacation place. You can bring the porgs back and you can build your own lightsaber and stuff. But when you actually go to Batu, it's very, very empty. And there's a very few of the buildings you can actually go inside. Like you get these little missions and like the first mission you get to, uh, it says, okay, go to the cantina or get some food from this place. You don't actually go inside. You stand outside and a pop-up comes up and says, what do you want to pick? And there's all these Star Wars related food Hmm. and you just pick it. And then you, you don't even like eat it. It's just, it's just there. And so they have little quest lines um, you can be in the First Order, you can be in, like, you can be a scoundrel, or you can be, um, in the Resistance. And to do those, like, those little missions are kind of like, go, talk to this person, spread First Order propaganda. Jesus. Uh, Great. You, <laughs> a little too real. <laughs> you actually get an interaction that, uh, <laughs> as you, uh, inspect the ID badges of suspicious individuals. Ooh. Ooh, but, like, so I did the First Order stuff. And, like, the one thing I'll say that it has going for it is, like, there are, there's music in there. When you talk to stormtroopers, they they speak in Simlish, but through the little stormtrooper mask. It's very cute. Um, there are some characters in there that you can meet. Like, I met Rey because uh, I was just watching her do um, a bunch of lightsaber training. That was cool. And, like, I guess that's the kind of thing that you get from the parks, right, is that you... Um, like, you get to see the characters, get a picture taken with them, whatever. But the park itself, and I'm referring to it as the park because it's not Star Wars. It's a Galaxy's Edge park.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's sadly really empty. And, like, the, the Millennium Falcon's there. You can't go inside it. You go and scan it. You mm. scan the Millennium Falcon. Mm. And it's like, that, but that's like, that's like Galaxy's
1: Edge, though. You look at the Millennium Falcon and you're like, there it is. Yeah. And I so, saw it.
2: It for me, it's like it's confusing as to who this pack is for. Because if you are a big, big Star Wars fan, you would want more from it. Um, but like if you're a casual fan like me, where it's like, oh, it is cool to have like the aesthetics of this. And hey, I do think it's cool when you uh like the menu music is replaced by Star Wars music. I think that's cool. And like I did genuinely smile when I saw Ray. Um, like, because I was like, oh, I didn't even realize, like, you know, the characters were in it, and she, she's just there doing her thing. Oh, you can get a droid. That was cool. Um, I have a little droid that just follows me around. Um, instead of BBA, 8 I call him BB. Oh. Um, my little baby. Uh, and then...
0: BB. <laughs> Don't worry,
2: BB. I sounded, I sounded more like Dexter from Dexter's Lab. Now, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. Uh... <laughs> uh it's just a very strange choice for a pack, um, but you can play. Uh, you can have Sims. What are those uh, aliens called with the the big? Twi-lek? I'm making a motion. A yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You can have like you can be a one of those, um, and you have like different costumes and stuff that are locked off to whatever rank you are within the faction. Overall, it's a weird one. Um, I think I want to play it again and see, but like take a family because I just took like a solo female Sim there. But I would I would be interested to see if like I took a family of Sims and the kids were like, oh my god, um, that was. Feels more like
3: it's like a ad for the park. Yeah, it really does,
2: and it's really unfortunate that the park is going to be closed for a substantial amount of time. Oh right,
3: Oh, I think so.
2: Yeah, because like there's there's no um. Like, in making magic, in Sims 1, for example, when you would go to Magic Town, there were little roller coasters, and you could just, like, they were stupid, like, tiny little roller yeah. coasters, but you could put your sims in, and, like, there's nothing like that in this. Unless there is, and I've missed it, but then, even getting around the park is kind of difficult, because nothing's there. It's, like...
1: I mean, that's kind of reflective of the actual Galaxy's Edge, which I, I've been to. And like basically everything you mentioned in that expansion is is what you do at Galaxy's Edge. You you go get blue milk at a stand. Um, the cantina is there. You can never they do have the in. cantina,
2: too. They have a the cantina.
1: Yeah. Um, you can build a droid. You can build a lightsaber. You look at the Millennium Falcon and then you go to the one main ride which I couldn't well I, I did it but I closed my eyes the whole time because it made me really motion sick oh. no. but <laughs> I couldn't it's, it's a stationary like ship that you go in and yeah. and it doesn't like it moves but it, it's not like a coaster it moves like in place kind of um, so that's but, but I mean maybe like that is who this pack is for is like Disney girls like just like can't buy ears though I don't think see that's can't by the ears. See, how much the ears are how Either.
2: much did it cost? I think it's like th- I don't. Uh, I was very kindly given a code. Uh, Sims change two... I want to say it's like thirty bucks. You have a standard expansion pack, yeah. That's. It's twenty, so it's fine. Oh, that's pretty good. Um, but like, yeah, it's it's you know, it's cute. I I. It's just, it feels it feels very weird. I don't see how the Star Wars stuff would really ingratiate into, like, a regular Sims play. You know, like, unless, like, you go to Batuu, it's cool. You go to the cantina, see all that stuff. But, like, if I'm just, like, on the home lot, I don't know how much of it's gonna really...
1: Are there any skills you can learn? Like, like you can't, like, learn anything special
2: from going there? I think you can learn... Yeah, you can learn... uh, you get a lightsaber and you can challenge people to duels. I don't yeah. know if you can increase proficiency in that. I didn't do it enough.
0: Well, anyway, I've been playing I've been playing Kingdoms of Amalur: Re-Reckoning, which is How's interesting because I didn't like that game that much when it first came out. And everyone said it was really good. At least a lot of people did. Uh, the only reason I played it was because there was an ad for it in Mass Effect 2 or 3, one of them. Oh, oh the, armor.
1: Was, um, the armor. It was yeah.
2: armor, yeah. Yeah, it I was like... Three?
0: Yeah,
3: I think it was three, but it was like, make
0: sure yeah, to check out where this
1: game been. is from. Yeah, they're like, a
0: bunch of boys from. in
3: Rhode Island shipped out this armor to you, Shepard. I, yeah. <laughs> I remember the email. <laughs> uh, and
0: and I was like, okay, well, maybe this remaster is the chance to give it another shot. Nah, I don't like it. It's, I, really? st- I still don't like it. And I even played the original. I went back to the original just to see. Like, like part of this is is my bias, I guess, and the fact that I just don't like this game. But I did go back to the original because I had it on Steam and I want to take a look at it. And I almost like how the Steam version looks more. Or not yeah. the Steam version, mm. but the original version. Like, the, the, like like, I mean, having, you know, 4K and stuff like that is nice with this new version. But, like, for some reason, I like the lighting in the original more. I like the, the, the way the colors are. I, I don't know. I, I mean, like... I played them both on max settings and I was like, yeah, I I don't know. I kind of like the original more, but man, that game is.
3: That's that's how I felt about Saints Row the third as well. I was kind of like, I kind of like the look of the original better, even though it's like technically better.
0: At least like the Saints Row remaster looks like a lot of work was put into it to make it look like it was. This doesn't seem like it, at least from what I can tell. Uh, Like all the UI is pretty much the same. They've just made it bigger. Uh, which is nice, but like mm-hmm. all the button prompts are the same. Like they look like an old 360 controller button prompts, which mm. is strange. They don't have like, from what I could tell, the 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 start buttons weren't what they should be on an Xbox One controller. Now, small stuff, but it was just like something that you'd think you'd do in a remaster,
1: mm.
0: especially when it wasn't just like, you know, it was re reckoning. They like made kind of a big deal out of this remastered to an extent. I think the thing that most people will like is that uh, you don't need to connect to EA servers in order to start up the game. I don't think you need to be connected to play the original game, but when you start it it's going to be like connecting to EA servers. With this one, since it's THQ Nordic, you just start it up and go right into it. So, so that's kind of nice. But I don't know. Forty bucks. I think if you if you really like this game, maybe just replay the original or wait for the price to go down. Because I. I didn't notice much, but I don't know. Maybe maybe, if, maybe fans of the series will tell me I'm wrong. And I that think they're
3: adding, like, an expansion for it, but it's coming out later, like, next year. Yeah, I think so. So, like, maybe wait for that. Unless yeah. you're, like, a huge fan, I guess. I don't know. That seems I, like the way to go. I also... I never finished the original game. Like, I liked it enough, but... Because, like, I remember, like, the it reminded me of Fable and the way, like you ran around and like the combat, but then like, I remember a lot of the side quests and like the quest in general feeling very like basic and like I kind of got bored of it after a while.
0: Yeah, I did some of them and a a lot of the side quests just like ended almost exactly as I expected. And if there was a twist, it was just kind of like, oh yeah, of course, this guy who's been gone for months is actually bad, ooh. (laughs) Uh, so, So I don't know, I wasn't super impressed I've only played about four hours of it, so you know maybe it gets better, uh, but it's not for me. But anyway, that's what we've been playing, and we're gonna move on to the topics for this week. All right, so it was a really big week this week, but we're gonna start with the big news. The Xbox Series S was leaked. The price, the box, and the release date were all leaked. Turns out everything that was leaked was true. Microsoft followed it up with the uh, price and release date for the Series X coming out day and date. The Series S is $300 US and the Series X is $500 US. Uh, The big difference here, now if you want like an in-depth breakdown, it's probably not the place to go to, but the big difference is that the S should run most games at 1440p while the X should be able to do 4K native and 120 frames a second. Actually, both can do 120 frames a second depending on the game, but not every game will be optimized to run at 120 frames a second. Uh, And the other big thing that I see a lot of people talking about that we'll probably talk about for sure is the hard drive space. The Series S has a 512 gigabyte custom NVMe SSD, while the The X has a one terabyte, but I think we already knew that. Um, It was just the S that people were wondering about. Uh, I, I took some questions from the chat that we can kind of go over to guide this, but I don't know. The big thing that I really want to talk about is the fact that the Series S has a 512 gigabyte SSD, because I remember when the Xbox One launched, it had a 500 gig hard drive, and I thought that was absurd. I was like, the size of games, people are going to be able to fit like 10 games on there max, and now games are even bigger, like, you know, I don't know, Modern Warfare is like 100 gigs, Uh, Red Dead Redemption is over 100 gigs, Destiny is close to 100 gigs, right? You can fit like four, maybe five of those games, and that's it. So so I'm I'm just baffled. I know they're trying to keep the cost down. I know that and and NVMe SSDs are more expensive, especially these custom ones, but I just don't I don't know, I can't wrap my head around that. Like I don't yeah, know why tiny. they thought that was a good idea. Well,
3: well the the even worse is that's the one that doesn't come with a disk drive. Yes. So like you yeah. have to get everything digitally to use that. Um I mean, I think they've said that like there is a way to like connect an external drive. So I imagine True. you, yeah, you can, can
2: both of them. You can extend up to one terabyte, but only one series, terabyte. Oh, that's
3: not as much as I
0: but thought. Well, series, at least
2: those are the official series. Those are the official series ones that they have with C Oh, okay. Gotcha.
0: Yeah. So the, the series S and X, I guess the games optimized for those consoles. You have to run it on an NVMe SSD. Oh, you okay, can't do it off just an external drive. So it just seems so strange to me that like the big thing they're pushing is how quick load times are. But, you know, you're going to run out of space and you're going to start putting games on a regular hard drive that you plug in there. And your load times are just I mean, I'm sure they'll be faster, but they're still going to be loading off a maybe
3: like the idea would be, I guess if I was to like figure out a way to do it is I would I would put previous generation games on like the external so if i'm like backwards Mm -hmm. compatible or xbox one i put them on there because then they don't need it and i guess i would hope the system would have like a way you could transfer so you're like oh um you know i'm playing call of duty every day so i'm gonna put it on the main hard drive the fast one and then like when you're not using it but maybe you don't want to like delete it because you don't want to like have to re download it and waste all your like internet you could like transfer it over to like the external and then like transfer it back i don't know that's kind of a pain but like
2: but the external is an ssd too.
0: the the official one is
2: right yeah the official one is going to be the um but uh, like so we just shot uh generation next and like tam was saying that part of the reason file sizes are so bad on this gen is just because they're not they haven't been um shoot what was already used um
0: Compressed? Let's, optimized? C-
2: yeah, like, optimized properly. But apparently, going forward for next-gen, that is a concern that Xbox have. Uh, at least, we obviously, today's episode's all about Xbox. But, like, it is something that is being worked on. So, I hope that's not just lip service and the game sizes are going to come down. Like, yeah. Modern Warfare is... Oh, I, had to, I had to delete everything that wasn't uh, Warzone because I'm like... You are just taking up so much space on my hard drive. Um, yeah, I had to do the same thing. Cause it's like, I, I
1: have to move on to other games. I have to play other games. I can't mm-hmm. just like yeah. devote this space to this. I mean, maybe xCloud is a fa- like, is, is potential
2: streaming a factor in that, fa- in that yeah. size. Like that's, that's a good point. Well, that's the thing. Cause if you get like, they also revealed the price, but they revealed the all access stuff. So 25 bucks mm-hmm. a month will get you a series S game pass ultimate which comes with ea play game pass xcloud and game pass on pc so maybe they just think like you're gonna be either churning through these games at a rate of knots and just like downloading them playing them and getting rid of them maybe keeping a couple of games like a destiny or whatever like as your service game or you're gonna just use xcloud and play more
3: i didn't even think about xcloud that's probably what they're trying to push people to do then right
1: yeah, I think. I mean, that's my my instinct is like keep the the hard drive size low, and then you know hope that people stream games more yeah. as a solution, or just because that's the more convenient thing to do, or whatever the reasoning is. I don't know if they're necessarily trying to force your hand or anything, because they do have the external hard drive, but um, yeah, I maybe mean, I that's guess that's a factor
0: if you're gonna get a diskless... A disc driveless Xbox. You probably have pretty good internet speeds because you're going to be downloading games like crazy.
1: Yeah, rip to Australia.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. So this
1: is uh, not one for them.
0: So uh, yeah, that, that, that's a good point that you bring up for sure. Overall, though, what did you guys think of a the whole the whole thing that you know happened on Monday night, <laughs> and B like the Series X and S in general? Because uh, overall, like, I I do really like the design of both of them. I know. People had a bunch of memes making fun of the Series S design, but everyone's gonna make fun of console designs. That's just how it is. But I actually really like the Series S. I think it looks. I think it looks great. I the thing I like the most is the small size, though.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tiny. It's 60% smaller than the Series X, um, which is 15 by 15 and then 30 centimeters high. So it's a beefy boy. Uh, I like I like the look of the Series X more um, purely because. Um, I've never owned a white console. Uh, all of my stuff is black, uh, like my TV, <laughs> my consoles, my camera. Like everything is black in my room, and it just it wouldn't go. It wouldn't go, and so I'm not gonna buy one. Aesthetics are important to me, <laughs> <laughs> but also I wanna I wanna be future proofed a little bit, because um, no doubt they will have some revision of uh, mm-hmm. both models at some point, mm-hmm. like. I, I don't think this will be the last Xbox I buy. Um, I'd like to be feature-proofed and like another inside baseball one, but like I assume all codes will be digital. But like, what if you do get yeah. a disc?
3: I still like discs. I, I still like it. That's disc, that's but something I just don't that have bums any. me out about the 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 S because it's like it's so affordable. Like, I think that's like, it's insanely affordable. Like, but it's I, so good. And I it, think that would make it so appealing to a lot of people, but I still think there's, there's still a lot of people that like, just don't have the internet to like download and play games regularly. And what could have been like a super affordable option for them is like, just not possible. Cause it doesn't have a disc drive. And it's like, I understand like the reality of like, that's kind of how they got the price to be where it is and like what they're trying to push. But it, I don't know. That kind of bums me out.
1: I um, I like small, I think. I like the aesthetics of a smaller console. Um, I like white technology, but my desk, like I'm also, I have a lot of, no, my computer chassis is white. I don't know. I could probably pull it off. I do a black and white sort of deal with my stuff. But, um, yeah, the disc thing, I mean, there are definitely cases, even very recently, where digital codes were delayed and we were only able to start reviewing a game because we got a physical edition. That is entirely possible. I think, you know, I I just think for my job, it would be irresponsible of me to get one that's discless. Um, but what I prefer it, I mean, probably I, I, I'm spread out uh, across a lot of different platforms, um, usually by necessity of whatever code I get. So like, the size while annoying i could probably work around it because i'd be split between playstation and xbox and my pc so that's fine i think it really just comes down to the disc even though i would prefer discless
0: well i guess speaking on that uh we got a question from just a box here that says now that we've seen all the next gen consoles which design do you like the the most which design do you like the least uh ps5's
2: ugly (laughs)
0: So oh, so, but it, so I love how ugly it is. I hate
2: it. She got curves.
0: <laughs> I I don't like the one the PS5 with the disc drive. I'm fine mm-hmm. with the other one, but for some oh, reason no, the right. disc drive one just I don't like it. That's probably my least favorite. My favorite is the Series S. I think.
2: I really hope the PS5 comes in black. I know it shouldn't matter that much, but if I'm going <laughs> to drop that much money on a machine, like also, can we talk about the fact that, I'm like if your, if your direct competitor drops an obscenely cheap version of their next-gen console, it's probably not the time to drop that $7,000 gold like, PlayStation you <laughs> before you've actually announced your own price point. That was wild to me. But no, I mean, which one I like the least, I think I don't dislike how the PS5 looks, but I, I, I just prefer the, the Series X in terms of pure aesthetic.
0: It looks like something on Jesse Faden's desk or something.
2: I was. Yeah. When we shot Generation X earlier, I almost called it the nail. Yeah. Because it does
0: yeah. look like oh. Oh. <laughs> Callie, what about you?
2: Oh, I, I
1: think my favorite one is the Series S. I don't like the. Um, I like the all black, like the black look of the Series X, but I don't like the shape. I find it to be potentially cumbersome. I don't know if it would fit my shelf like there's a lot. I it, I think it's a hard shape to work around just yeah. being kind of a tower. Um, so like
0: taking the S from work to home, not that anyone's oh, going to work right now, yeah, but that, that would be, be nice. so much easier than yeah. this
1: block the tower. Yeah. So that's probably my favorite. But I also like cute things and I want my apartment to look cute, and nice and like. Uh, so I'm just kind of a baby about that stuff, I'll, but I love black. See, that's the thing. I have, I have, a I have a war, a warring factions where I'm like, I love tiny, but I also love goth. So which one is it?
2: <laughs>
1: tiny goth. So yeah, I didn't mean to say that the the black aesthetic is not cute. Well, I mean, I think it looks good, but cute is not the. You know, if we're talking about like Animal Crossing, like mm-hmm. that's that's cool in Animal Crossing language. It's not cute. Yeah. So that's kind of what I mean. But yeah, I have two warring aesthetics inside me, so I really struggle. <laughs> but the PS5 is hideous. <laughs>
0: uh, well, then I guess kind of on that, Lucy, you kind of already answered this, but which version of, uh, Which version are the GS staff more leaning towards? And this is from Gray Fox. Uh, even though I like the series S more, I'm definitely getting the X. Yeah, uh, just X. Yeah, mm-hmm. because yeah. of what Callie has said, what Lucy has said, like future-proofing, and us needing a disk drive. Uh, just it, uh, I, I don't know. I, I might reconsider it if I wasn't working at Gamespot. Maybe I would get the S instead. But honestly, I probably wouldn't get either. Just because I, all these games I can play on PC. But yeah, the X for sure for me. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep. Is
0: everyone in agreement?
2: I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Agreements. Agreements. <laughs> <laughs> a gentleman's accord.
0: <laughs> uh, last question we have on the boxes uh, is from Jacob McCourt. With the Xbox moving to a leasing model, do you think Sony tries the same in 2021 or beyond? Mm. I hope Ooh. so. I
2: mean, I, I, yeah, I hope so.
0: Especially mm-hmm. if Sony's going to come out of the gate with a more expensive box, then yeah, they should probably do the leasing because... I, I have no idea what to expect for a price. I personally think it's gonna be six hundred dollars, but
2: yeah, I think they'd it's be crazy be- to <laughs> do that. Um I mean the thing with the uh like the Xbox leasing model is like there is an unbelievable amount of value there. you must assume that mm-hmm. they are making a loss on every console sold and yeah. they're getting it back through uh subscription. Like You've seen the numbers. There have been figures coming out, like when Xbox does their quarterly stuff where like their subscriptions are just up and up and up and like I wonder if Sony has the ability to do that. Like I don't know, like Microsoft has spent an entire console generation building up to this. And Sony hasn't really I don't I don't know. I don't know if there's it would be the same. Like and I don't know how much the Like, the PlayStation's going to cost, and if it is going to be more expensive and people are going to be paying more per month just for the console itself, if if there was, like, a leasing thing, like, they're already on the back foot. Like, they must be scrambling this week. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think... I mean, like, Phil Spencer tweeted that this was all supposed to happen next week. I can't even imagine what's going on at Sony right now. Yeah. Like, this has been such a weird... (laughs) next gen and it hasn't even started yet like it's been the longest game of chicken between the two of them and I think Xbox handled it super super well and I just really worry what Sony's, like I mean Sony's gonna be fine I can't worry about a corporation but I just really wonder what they're gonna come out with because for me like the games that I'm more interested in are Sony Mm -hmm. but like Xbox have got me with these price points and with everything and like EA Play and
0: yeah, I mean, that, that is, like, the one thing, like, from a, I don't know, a consumer perspective, if I would, had to pick one, I would definitely pick the PlayStation 5, just because the games that are coming out with that, like, that's the other thing with the Series X, like, there are not really any launch games, from what I know of, that are only for the Series X, so it's like, well, if these games run better on a Series X, they probably run just as good on my PC, and I know I keep coming back to that, but it. For me personally, there's just not a lot of value in either of these boxes, uh, so, so I'm more interested in a PS5. That being said, like the, I don't know, the value's so good that like it still makes me want to buy one. <laughs> anyway, the other big news this week was the Black Ops multiplayer reveal. They revealed five maps and vehicles. Uh, they're not doing the pick-10 class system. Warzone progression should carry over, will carry over, it seems like. Most of your warzone progression will carry over. Uh, Cross gen play. They mentioned lanes in their maps, uh, which is something I didn't see in the gameplay because it looked like a lot of big open maps. And they said boots on the ground three times, but I no, only, they didn't. They said it three times, but I missed the first ten minutes, so maybe they said it so another maybe time. Four. But I heard three <laughs> for sure, and I was like <laughs> dying. Like
2: they must be aware of that now, though. They must be aware of like.
0: I, I don't know. It's a like, joke.
2: <laughs> like people I, laugh at them for that.
0: I, I think they're. What was it? Didn't they say that a lot in Black Ops Four? They're like boots on the ground, boots on the ground. They did. Like back it in Yeah. World, uh, no, World it War was II. no
2: World War Two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, yeah. they did
0: it in both because it, it came after
2: ad, Advanced Warfare, I want to say. Mm. And then they were like in,
0: Infinite Warfare.
2: Yeah, Infinite Warfare. And then they were like, well, now it's boots on the ground. Yeah. And um it's the one thing. That and um levelation from uh um, was whatever. Level Levolution, Battlefield. 4? Levolution. Those were the two like buzzwords. Well, that's like EA loves,
3: they always had like their weird marketing terms. Oh, it was like strategic dismemberment in dead space.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> well the, the Lev- interesting Levolution thing, is one for the ages though. Yeah. Yeah. The
0: interesting thing about them saying boots on the ground is that this seems like the most vehicle heavy Call of Duty I've seen.
2: <laughs> Boots on
0: the pedal. Yeah, that seems yeah. more... Like, uh, all the footage I've seen, people are on, like, ATVs, or they're on, like... They're on jet skis, and I'm just like, all right. I mean, it's not really boots on the ground, but, you know, at least you didn't say it a dozen times, like, in smoke presentations. Yeah,
1: I feel like when they say that, they just mean you can't double jump. <laughs> like,
2: that, that's all Yeah, I mean. nice, yeah. Like, well,
1: Black Ops 3 got so much shit for that, for the wall running and stuff, and... But that's I like four
3: years at this point. Like they got to be so divorced from that now. Like <laughs> I, not, maybe they still get thing, shit
0: about it. Another thing I noticed too, watching the multiplayer is that enemies have health bars. I think they did that in a Black Ops game too, right? Or like other players have health bars when you shoot four them. Four, which is something I do not like. I mean, like I'm excited for Black Ops, but I saw that in multiplayer and I was just like. I don't know, man. I don't like all this shit in my face when I'm playing a game like this.
1: Yeah, and they also talked about the time to kill being, like, really tight. So, like, your gun plays is good. Why do I need that health bar then? Like, if I'm going for, like, a hardcore mode or, like, a realism mode like really snappy time to kill. I don't need the health bar. You're down in one or two bullets. So what's the point? I'm
0: sure they get rid of it in those modes, but
1: I would hope so. Well, yeah, yeah, reduced UI modes. I like, I would only want to play on those though, because the health, like I don't, yeah, I don't think I need the illusion of spongy enemies um, in Call of Duty,
0: especially since like, this is a, this takes place in what the eighties, right? Like it's supposed to be Mm -hmm. a little more retro. Like if they had like, you know, like a stylized UI health bar and... Numbers and, coming out and stuff. Yeah, and like and like Infinite Warfare, I'd be like, okay, because they got future tech that tells them that. But this is just like, it's a Cold War, man. No one had health bars back then. Or ever. <laughs> 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 anyway, it's been a day.
2: <laughs> it's been a really weird... Like, for clarity... I say for clarity because we have none because uh, California is... <laughs> orange Mm. today we're recording on Wednesday which is like the worst day so far I woke up this morning at eight and I thought it was about 3 a.m because it was so dark and I have an east-facing window so I get sunlight first thing in the morning and I was like oh okay this is weird and it's just been orange all day and very miserable and stuffy it's been such a weird day and all this news has dropped and everyone's like yes (sighs) we're all just like tired
1: we want breaks. We're t- like, and the air's not breathable. <laughs> it's just been a time. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've never
2: wanted to go outside more than I have today during quarantine. Yeah, it's like, ooh, the spicy air. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Anything we want to say about what we saw in the Black Ops multiplayer reveal, or should we move on?
1: Uh, really quick, I think one mode that intrigued me was Fireteam, um, the one where it's like squads of four and there's I forget how many squads of four there are, but it's like you're up against multiple other squads of four, but it's not like Battle Royale. It's like objective based modes, um, which I thought was really different for Call of Duty. and I was kind of intrigued by that. I just still can't like I can't wrap my head around how the firefights and stuff are going to work in the setting. Um I know there's I know there were like it's called the Cold War because there were not a lot of battles. But I mean, there's still like stuff happening and clandestine operations and stuff. But I'm just having trouble getting past that. So it's one of those. I think I might just have to like get my hands on it and see how it works and how, like if it gels together. But that mode did seem really interesting to me.
0: Boots on the ground, hands on the sticks.
1: <laughs> you, you've been working on that one this whole segment?
0: I have not. <laughs> Thank God. If I had, I would have been disappointed. I probably just would stop the podcast. <laughs> anyway, let's move on to listener questions. All right. On to listener questions. If you have a question for us, you can email us at after podcast at gamespot.com, or you can join our discord server. And there's a channel right there for all your question asking needs. Uh, Callie,
1: do you want to take the first one? Sure. This is it. this is from Rachel Acker. Rachel says, hey, hey, After Darkers, my, ma- my two main consoles are the PC and the Switch. I recently resubscribed to Game Pass on my Xbox, and I am watching Yakuza 0 install in real time. Hell the yeah. issue, it took me so long to navigate the menus because I'm so used to the Switch button scheme. When I was trying to click accept, I kept backing out and vice versa. Oh, that's a mood. Do you, have, do you all have this problem? Yes. Should I just cave and switch my button input? Also just wanted to add, and if this gets read on the show, don't feel pressured to leave it in. Oh, oh. <laughs> I haven't read this question yet, so we'll see how it goes. Surprise. That- I read it. It's fine. (laughs) That air weekly podcast is such a ray of sunshine in my week. I work weird long hours in medical manufacturing and have been working a lot since everyone quarantined. Also, I love Callie's competitive Pokemon breeding guide. I have no interest in that line of gameplay, but I find it super fascinating and fun to watch. I hope you and yours are safe and healthy. Again, that's from Rachel Acker. Thank you, Rachel. I genuinely didn't read this before. I'm so excited.
2: (laughs) Aw thank you rachel that's super J- sweet
1: jake and i worked really hard on those videos and i want them to get more views on youtube
2: They're so good
1: <laughs> please so good tell your
2: friends <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> but uh yes i absolutely have that problem because like i said i play animal crossing every day and i have been for many many months and when i try oh the biggest thing I started playing Bloodborne, I think I talked about this a couple episodes ago, I started playing Bloodborne and I was like still using the Last of Us controls like they, they were like, the last PlayStation 4 game I played was the Last of Us Part 2. And I'm playing Bloodborne and I like could not get anything right. I kept throwing molotovs when I meant to do other things. And I was really really frustrated. And it didn't help that it was also difficult. Um, and then on top of that, you have like I don't know which button is confirm and which button isn't, and I'm pretty sure in Japan yeah, the circle, circle is confirm yep. and circle the X is, is and
2: X is yeah yeah. So we like did
0: a, we did an interview with the Resident Evil 2 developers, or we did like a Let's Play with them, and mm-hmm. they were playing the US version and kept backing out of menus and stuff like yep. that because they were used <laughs> to in circle. Yeah.
1: So it's not just you, Rachel. It is. It is a it torments me. Even oh, yeah. Nintendo can't get it right. All their controllers are different. It drives <laughs> me crazy. Yeah. Well,
0: I was gonna say like Dark Souls on Switch is particularly frustrating because like it switches A and B. So like you hold Oh no, now it's confused in my head. So normally <laughs> in Dark Souls you hold B to run if you're playing on like an Xbox controller. But on a Nintendo Switch you hold a to run because it's in the same position of B on a Xbox oh, controller. God. So in my head I'm like, okay, I gotta hit A to confirm, but it's actually no no no. See, I can't do it, but it's really <laughs> it's really frustrating. It's why I could not play that game on Switch, because
3: my brain was just breaking. I think my brain, like, I've I've gotten to the point where if, if like, I can tell the feel of the controller, like I kind of know, but mm-hmm. because of that, I can't use the switch pro controller on the PC. Like a couple times I'll like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'll plug it in and use it. Cause it is a good controller. The second I do that, it's like, I, my brain gets horribly confused. Wires get crossed. Yeah. Wires crossed. Actually the, um, a weird one, the Google Stadia controller, um, which I don't own Google Stadia, but when we got it at the office, like last year, I, I was like, testing it or something. And it actually feels a lot like the switch pro controller in shape. Mm-hmm. So I kept hitting the <laughs> the wrong button because I kept thinking I had a switch controller in no. my hand. And I asked Michael who is, who is like doing stuff with it too. And he's like, dude, same. So like, that's a thing. I guess you're just like, you think it's, you know, one thing, but no,
1: I, I want to know if there's anyone that out there who doesn't have this problem, who has a perfect brain. Their brain can just process everything perfectly. If that's you, I want to hear from you because uh, you have a talent that nobody has. Teach
0: us. <laughs> well, we got to answer the second part of this question: Should I cave and switch my button input? I would say no because oh. the second you do that, you'll
3: you'll be doing the other thing. At least the buttons. That's yes. my the thinking. buttons will that's, win. I. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, exactly what I do.
1: I you do change even you your button.
3: No, 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 no. Like, I, I'm with Jake where, oh. like, I'll confuse myself. Like, I'll do that with flight games where, like, mm-hmm. I'll start it and it'll be, like, inverted or something. And I'll be like, oh, this is annoying. I'll switch it. And then the second I switch it, it starts confusing me the other way. And I'm like, oh, I, I got to go back. Mm-hmm. And then you just uninstall it. And then you just uninstall yeah. it. because <laughs> <I
1: get, in, laughs> So I did with in, flight simulator. <laughs> <laughs> inverted controls really mess with me. I really yeah. can't handle that.
0: What messes with me is vertical. No horizontal uh, when a game is horizontally inverted because for some reason it just doesn't register to me that it's inverted even though I know it's like I don't know my brain just cannot parse that information like it's so confusing
3: I know what you mean
2: Um, I played some Tony Hawk uh, last weekend and it automatically had uh inverted uh the camera for me and I was like no excuse me (laughs) and I, I was like I suck at Tony Hawk but I was like I'm appalling at this like oh my god and then i and i went into the menu and i was like oh that's why
0: that happened it's... to me too that's what i was thinking of when i was like
2: yeah, yeah.
0: when it does i think that game had a horizontal inversion right as yeah. default it and, did, and I, I was like what the hell I, it just like I, it just threw me in a loop i was like no this is right right no this
3: is wrong i i, I, I had no idea
2: it's like the Homer Simpson, something was said. Not good. <laughs> something is different. I, so, is it inverted? Yeah. I can't.
3: I'm trying to think now because I'm
1: like playing it and I don't remember See, feeling we I couldn't about tell you, but I
0: turned it to non inverted and it made a lot more sense. Yeah. I would, here. yes.
1: I would. Saying always recommend changing it to the inversion you're comfortable with. If you want it inverted or if you don't want it inverted, that's the control scheme you should definitely change. But the, if you want to switch like A and B, I feel like that's just going to lead to problems down the line. Have, as you get adjusted to the controller.
3: <laughs> I just have like, I have dyslexia, like specifically with directions. So it just like, I will actually like get confused where I will turn it one way and then be like, that's wrong. And then I'll like change it and then I'll turn it again and be like, no wait I was wrong the first time. Now I need to go back, so like I just, I just give up. I have I don't know.
0: Anyway, next question here is from Kevin in West Hartford. Hey, After Dark Crew, do you think Nintendo will add the Nintendo sixty four to the Switch online service this year? Mm. No,
2: no, because they can make they can money make you pay for they, it. Uh, yeah, I, unfortunately, I think that's the Nintendo model now.
1: The thing is, there are a lot of. 60 nintendo 64 games that i would just buy on switch like like if they were like we put wave race on switch i would buy it i would totally buy wave race like i would just have a great time i already bought all of those games on n64 and on wii virtual console but i'll buy them again because i'm a sucker and that's how nintendo gets you and they're already doing it with mario 3d all-stars where they're like here Mario sixty four, but in a new package.
2: So, but also like yeah. it's the anniversary of Zelda next year, isn't it? So
1: get if ready. They Same don't
2: thing. Oh, put, put like all those HD ocarina.
1: Ports. If if they don't put me. ocarina in the three DS port of Majora's Mask, Mask, which was actually so good. They like take like the changes they made in that 3DS port and then make it appropriate for Switch. Oh, I would buy the shit out of that. Yeah, yeah. And Wind Waker also. I think
0: just in general though, like, I feel like I don't know. It'll be a long time before Nintendo repackages those Nintendo 64 games and does like a Nintendo 64 Classic or starts Mm -hmm. adding them to the online services. Because a, I think they're a little bit tougher to port and like get set up mostly because well I, I don't know once again speculation i don't i know how to make games but i i imagine like mapping that controller to modern devices would be mm-hmm. kind of a pain if like the like, prong like, <laughs> like i'm curious how mario 64 is gonna play because god that camera was so bad and like i hope it's just control it with the other control stick but
1: and I the thing know. is that era of games has not visually aged very well. Or like Whereas gameplay, like, really. it, it hasn't aged very well. I, I still love Majora's mask. Mm-hmm. I, I think there's there some like,
0: standouts for sure.
1: There are some defi- definite, definite yeah. standouts on N64, but I, I think it's kind of hard to sell some of those games to an audience that didn't have, didn't play them originally yeah. um, because they kind of look assy. And they (laughs) don't I they do. Listen, that era of three D was just an experimental mess and like they're really they don't age well versus something like Wind Waker, where that game is highly stylized, the style holds up, there's stuff you can do to bring it. Yeah. Yeah. Even like the PlayStation One holds
3: it better. Yeah in like weird ways. It's like like, 3D. I don't know.
1: Yeah, so I think like from Nintendo's perspective, maybe they're weighing like the nostalgia factor versus the like, does this bring in a new audience factor? Um,
3: I just really want them to sell that N64 controller again. Like I want that as like a like a an attachment for like either for either like, you know, if they were to sell like a, a N64 classic or if they were to what they did with the online where they sold like the limited versions of like the Ness and SNES mm-hmm. controllers. I want them to sell. A sixty-four controller, and I want a whole new generation of of Switch owners to be baffled by it and just be like, "What it's, is this yes. thing?" Or, or it's three joy cons,
0: like two on the side and then one on the bottom. And <laughs> oh, that'd be good too. Oh.
3: Yeah, you have to.
1: <laughs> oh, you like that?
3: Yes, that's Dude. how they should do it.
1: <laughs> I God, there are some games that I would totally play again, even though they're no good anymore, like Golden Eye. Man, that game did not hold up.
3: But. Fortunately, you'll probably never get that one because of the weird licensing around it.
1: I know. And that's the thing is like Banjo-Kazooie, I hate the Xbox version because it's easier. <laughs> I mastered that game when I was five. I don't need it to be easier. You, you might um, be.
3: That one I could see. They're actually like, I feel like Rare and Microsoft are actually pretty, pretty good about
1: yeah, letting those true. be on. You know what I want really bad? To come back from that era of video gaming is color coordinated cartridges. Why are the Switch Mm -hmm. cartridges boring? They should have different colors. Sword and Shield should have been colored. We should have like a really cool, like golden one Mm -hmm. for like Zelda games. I like bring that back. Where'd that go? And give us a manual while you're at it.
2: Yeah, I love how (laughs) aesthetic heavy this episode has been.
1: (laughs) I just think like like you know we had that licking the cartridges fad everyone like it's on everybody's radar i'm just saying like if you made a colored cartridge everybody would be like well does this one taste any less bad and then maybe you know they'd be popular what I if just, they I have actually of-
3: <gasps> make them like flavored they could do that
2: so kids will eat them <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> all right last question lucy do you want to read this one
2: Yeah, this is from Trylands on Discord. If you could grab any three games, put them all on one cartridge for Switch, what would they be? (laughs) The Mass Effect trilogy.
1: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that's a good. As long as it's like it's super. Oh, it's like good. Yeah. Yeah. I assume
3: we're like ignoring the size limitation of the actual Switch
2: cartridge. I mean, like. There is there's, there's no
1: stipulation in this question. Okay. Any all three games. Work,
2: if La Noire works, was Ellen did Ellen Noir ever come out on a cartridge or was it? it just... did,
1: but you also
3: had to download an extra amount yeah. of it. Yeah.
2: So in that case, I think it's fine. Go nuts for size. Okay. Um.
3: Do they all have to be part of the same trilogy, or could I just have like three completely random games? Any three games. Yeah. yeah, I think it's any Jean-Luc three games. John
2: Luke collection.
3: Oh wow, wow.
1: Yeah. What is the ge- okay? Oh, if I had to guess at five. the oh yeah <laughs> um, my answer is Danganronpa's 1, 2, and 3 <laughs> so
2: Persona 3, 4,
3: 5 mm, Persona would be pretty good but I, mm, 5 yes but like I'm also like oh, I've played the others portably I'm trying to think of like a game that like I haven't been able to play portably I'm just so, like, if I'm thinking
1: about if I'm thinking about John Luke I'm, I'm like okay system shocks on there you know, like mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of like if what I would say as your friend is the John Luke collection.
3: You know what? You know, you put Yakuza zero on switch because that means I can play that Cabaret club mini game on yes! the show. Yes! Anytime yes! I want. It's yes, over. John Luke. So oh, you're it. a genius. <laughs> yeah, just okay, put Jake. that three times.
2: Oh, Gwent, Gwent. <laughs> I want Gwent.
0: Well, you've if got a uh, throne throne breakers on there already and that's better gwent because you don't have to play against people online <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's true. fair
0: What's oh yours? man i don't know my three honestly i was gonna say like like dead space mass effect yeah. like Ooh. yeah i'm really not sure there's probably some gamecube games i'd want to put on there that i would like to revisit maybe like maybe like put tales of symphonia on the switch mm-hmm. that'd be kind of cool but once again, like last time I tried to play that game, I'm like, yeah, this game has an aged super well. I kind of just like it being in the past as a game. I really like I don't really want to play it these days. Mm-hmm. Well, like Mass Effect on Switch is something I would 100 percent play. I've been getting mm-hmm. the itch to play Mass Effect the last month and I'm just like fighting it. I'm like, no, we don't have time for this. We don't have time. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I like to think there's like five different Jakes in your head. <laughs> and they're like, No, we don't have time for this. Start no. up Mass Effect. Start up Mass Effect. <laughs> And then the other one's like, no, The Witcher 3. <laughs> like a 12 angry men in Jake's head. One, one lone Jake.
0: Or, or maybe Witcher 1 and 2 yeah, on Switch would be kind of oh, cool. Yeah. But that's not I, 3. Maybe Witcher 1 and 2 and then Mass Effect. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you could start collecting those lady cards on your Switch.
0: I, I wonder if they'd get rid of that. They'd probably get rid of it. That hasn't aged well. <laughs> no. I'm, I'm
1: trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, like, I did like, I would love like Ocarina of time, Majora's all, all mask, the Zelda games, Wind Waker, yeah, Wind but like Waker. that's, that's a little too obvious. Like something that's probably not going to happen is the Danganronpa trilogy. So that's where I, I really, went, I, but
3: I really want that. Cause I've been like, I am going to eventually get to Danganronpa. I you promise would you would love it. You're gonna love it. But there's always that part of me that's like, but if they put it out on switch, that would be better. Maybe I'll just wait a little bit longer but maybe I should just finally commit and get it when I have time. Yeah.
1: Well, The Cabaret
2: Club, though, that's a great Cabaret Club, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think we're all all game for that.
3: Well, anyway,
0: that's been episode 58 of GameSpot After Dark. Thank you all so much for listening, and thank you guys for joining me. Lucy, what do you have cooking, and uh, where can people find you?
2: Uh, So this week on Generation Next, it is Xbox Series S versus Xbox Series X, which is right for you. So that'll be up uh, by the time this podcast goes live. YouTube slash Gamespot, and I'm on Twitter at Lucy James Games.
0: Callie.
1: Um, I am, you know, just continuing to edit and publish many reviews from many different writers. So um, please keep up with GameSpot reviews this week. We had uh, Phil's finalized Avengers review. He had um, kind of impressions that he'd updated, but this is the scored version. So check that out if you haven't seen it yet. Uh, We also reviewed Moon, which is the 1997 PS1 uh, anti-RPG that is finally getting an English re- or finally did get an English release uh, this year on Switch. So that's a cult classic. It uh, was one of the main inspirations besides Earthbound for Undertale. So uh, that was a big one. Very excited to kind of be able to revisit uh, a cult classic like that.
0: Did you know um, that was yeah. localized and translated by Tim Rogers? Of oh, really? Yeah. I saw him like, someone was tweeting at him about how he did a good job on that and I was
3: like, Dang. Dang.
1: Wow. Well, uh, that's rad. Um, yeah, so so Kind of like an interesting eclectic week for GameStop reviews, let's say. Also, Star Renegades—I don't want to leave that one out. Um, I'm sure. I mean, there's plenty that I that we, we do a lot of reviews. It's a lot of work, but anyway, um, I'm also continuing to do Animal Crossing updates. I have a full guide to all of the new DIY recipes that you get this month and how you can farm them. I already have them all, and I plan on making a Mushroom Wonderland when I can get the mushroom recipes. So. Jean what are you? Wait, my um, Twitter account.
0: Oh, oh go ahead.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I gotta do my song. Uh, no, I don't want to. It's fine. Inky Dodrigo, you can find me.
3: John Luke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mostly this week, I have been continuing to fill in for Eric Tay uh, on the live stream front. Uh, pretty busy week. So if, if, if any of our live streams uh, failed horribly, you could you could blame me over on Twitter. Agile Xipke. No one's
2: blaming <laughs> you. You've been doing great. Uh,
3: otherwise, I'm I'm just working on some, some PC-centric stuff uh, with uh, Michael Haim and uh, Dave Dewitt over in the UK, and that stuff should be coming out sometime next week.
0: Lovely. Nice. Uh, and then you can find me at Jacob Deck on Twitter, and we don't have a Cyberpunk lore video this week. What? Instead... I know. We took a break. They're a lot of work, and usually it feels like a sprint when we do them. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so we took a break and we are doing, especially because of a shorter week, we're doing books, movies, games, stuff you should watch, do, see before Cyberpunk comes out. Uh, Jess put that together. I'm editing it right now, so hopefully that's up in time. A uh, lot of good recommendations in there. Some obvious ones and some not so obvious ones, so if you're excited for Cyberpunk might want to check that out you might i don't know find a good book or two to read or maybe a new movie to watch uh but that's about it for me i guess we'll see you all next week
3: bye Bye.